I dare you just to give God a praise for him being your strength tonight. Let's go into the Word of God. I'm excited tonight about the Word, and so let's study it together and share together. Turn with me to Mark chapter 2. It's a word I began last week, and I want to share a few things with you. And then after we read the Scripture, I'm going to uh, uh, ask the audio-video ministry to play a brief video so that you can enjoy and see what we're looking at, sort of a visual aid to help us get this word in our spirit. Let's look again, beginning at verse 1. And again he entered Capernaum, and some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Would you stand in reverence of the word? Immediately many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. Then they came to him bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. I'll ask them to play that video right now. that it hath been said, an eye for an eye, and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you that ye resist not evil. thy sins be forgiven thee. Why does this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? Why reason ye these things in your hearts? Whether is it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say arise and take up thy bed and walk? that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. I say unto thee, Arise, and take up thy bed, and go thy way into thine house.
powerful visual testimony. Yeah, you can go ahead and praise God for it. The visual testimony reminds us of what took place in that time. At that moment, there he was. The word paralytic or palsy is the brief word of, for calling him paralyzed. He was probably even a quadriplegic as much as so, according to the Holy Writ. He's walking around now, but before he's laying down. He's walking. He's carrying what carried him. He's able to carry what carried him. And those that helped him were able to watch how good God really is. The beauty of it is was that what they were able to witness was the fact that God healed him. And he did it because of their faith. God did something that he could not have had done by himself. We don't know how long he had been laying. We have no idea how long he had been sick. We don't know if he had fallen off of a high building and ended up in that state. We don't know if he was born that way. We don't know if he ever had the joy of walking. But what we do know is at one point in his life, he could not move himself. At one point in his life, he lived at the mercy of others. So much so, even considered to be beneath them. He's down low and they're up high. Tonight, what I really want to look at for the next few moments is, I want to look at it from his eyes, from his vantage point one more time. Because I want to talk to somebody in here. Whether you've been going through something just now, it just started, or you've been going through it for a while. Whether it happened all at once, or over a gradual period of time, you've got sicker and sicker and sicker, or you begin to go through more and more and more, and you got ready to almost give up. But I want you to understand something. When they came to him, they picked him up. And I don't know about you, but I'm never happy when somebody has to help pick me up. I'm not happy because I don't trust everybody holding me up. You might be able to help pick me up. I'm just not sure I can trust you holding me up. And what he had to understand is, in order to move God, he needed to move closer to God. He needed to get in a position where he could receive his blessing. The blessing was there. Jesus had just come off of a time of intimacy with God. And when he came off his time of intimacy, he had his retreat. And after his retreat, he came back with power. And he was ready. The anointing was on him. But the anointing was on him so much so that everybody wanted to be near him. And let me just say this. Everybody that showed up didn't show up because they liked him. Some folks showed up because they were skeptical of him. Some folks showed up just to see him. Some folks showed up like they were going to a rock concert and they just wanted to be in the crowd. So when they came with a sick person, they looked at them like, man, what you doing? We just, we trying to get a spot too. Get out of the way. Nobody wanted to let them in, but he had to allow them 
to carry him. To carry him. Sometimes I said last week, you've got to allow yourself to be vulnerable enough to be carried. Sometimes you've got to allow yourself to be vulnerable enough to say, no, I can't pull this one by myself. I can't get to Jesus alone tonight. Tonight, I'm going to need somebody to help carry me. Tonight, I need somebody. In 33 years, I've never had to ask, but tonight, I need somebody to help carry. Come on, would somebody carry me to Jesus? And I just want to say there's somebody sitting next to you who's in that position right now. They're just saying, would somebody carry me to Jesus? I, I can't get there on my own. I wish I could, but I'm going through too much right now. What's crowding me right now is too heavy. I'm under too much pressure. The stress is too great. I'm under a tormenting spirit that has me down. Would somebody carry me to Jesus? Would somebody get me and usher me into the presence of the Lord? And what you need to realize this. I don't care who you are. I don't care your name. I don't care your station. I don't care what position you hold in the church. No, you can still be a bearer of somebody to Jesus. I want to say this to those of you who need to go to Jesus, who feel like that man. Three things I want to give you before I leave tonight. I promise I can't be long, won't be long, but I want to share this with you from the bottom of my heart. The first thing I need you to know is that what you're dealing with right now, what you're dealing with, you must deal with temporary inconvenience. Temporary inconvenience. Ain't easy. Temporary inconvenience. Somebody gonna pick me up, move me around to get me to Jesus. Temporary inconvenience. I, I want to tell somebody this right now, and this gonna bless your socks off. If you would you preach with me tonight, teach with me tonight, look at somebody, say, neighbor, what you're going through right now. It's not permanent. It's a temporary inconvenience. I'm preaching to myself. Come on, you ought to tell somebody else. What you're going through now is a temporary inconvenience. Not easy. You're not where you want to be. You're not lined up where you thought you'd be at. You're in the midst of something that you never expected to go through. But the Bible prepares us for going through what we didn't expect to go through. And the Bible tells us, he says, look here, I'll be with you when you go through the valley of the shadow of death. He said, I'll be with you. Um, I, I don't know who I'm talking to now and, and excuse me because I'm going to change it up you can put the explicative in your mind I'm no, I don't use them so I won't use it now but Winston Churchill said when you're going through heck keep going don't stop 
Don't stop. Don't give up because it's not easy. Don't give up because you're in the valley. Don't give up because it's a hard time. Don't give up because you feel like you're in your cave. Don't give up on God. Don't give up that God can't heal you. I don't care how many doctors you've seen. I don't care what they said. I don't care if they shook their head. I don't care if they said there's no cure for it. I don't care if they said you can't get over it. It won't get better. Now it's forever. Don't you give up. You keep on going because you know that the God you serve is able to do anything but fail. My God is not in the failure business. Let me say it again. My God is not in the failure business. Look at somebody tell them, there is no failure in God. temporary it's temporary and don't you let a temporary inconvenience become a permanent problem let me preach a little while don't you let a temporary inconvenience become a permanent problem I know sometimes we go through certain things and then when it's over and we're through it we're still mad because we went through it we can't even enjoy the blessing because we're mad we had to go through I shouldn't have had to go through all that. It shouldn't take all that. I should have already been blessed. I should be further than I am right now. I should have more than I have right now. I don't know why I'm still going through. I don't know why I'm still crying. It's over, baby. Don't you allow a temporary inconvenience to become a permanent problem. Don't you let the devil get the victory in this situation. It was temporary. Now keep moving. It's too easy to give the adversary credit and to give his effects of his mess longevity in your life. You've got to get up, tell that devil, I know my God is able. You've got to get up. I believe that God has blessed me. And it may not have come when I wanted it to come. It may not have come in the time that I wanted. It may not have come the way I wanted it. But thank you, Jesus. It was on time. And it was enough. And it fixed the situation. And he satisfied my soul. And he blessed my heart. And he took care of me. He made a way out of no ways. Uh, and escaped to the cave of Adullam. And when his brethren and all his fathers heard it, they went down thither. And everyone that was in distress and everyone that was in debt and everyone that was discontented gathered themselves unto him and he became captain over them and there were with him about 400 men. What? Reverend, he's supposed to be king. The promise is on his life to be king. The promise is on his life to be the greatest king. 
The promise is upon his life that God is going to do something spectacular in him. And yet, he ends up in a temporarily inconvenient place. I want to help somebody here. Just because God made a promise to you didn't mean you weren't going to have to go through some caves along the way. Just because God made a promise to you did not mean you won't have to go through some stuff along the way. Just because God said, I'm going to bless you, didn't mean you weren't going to have to pick up some burdens along the way. Just because God promised that he was going to make you rise doesn't mean that nobody else would be an enemy to you. Because the more God blesses you, the more enemies you have. New levels, new devils. Get ready every time you elevate for a new problem to pop up because every time a promise comes also comes with a problem because if there wasn't a problem you wouldn't realize how great the promise was in the midst of the problem so that God can fulfill his purpose in your life because what God wants to do is to take you from the pit to the palace but don't you ever believe that when God takes you from the pit to the palace that you won't have to go through some problems I'm just, I'm just looking at this man. And then they picked him up and they carried him. The Bible says he was carried by four men. Um, second thing I want you to know is you must accept transition and instability. Transition and instability. Uh, they weren't rolling the cart. They were carrying him. Which means that some of them were at one height, some at another. They're walking not on paved streets, but on rocky soil. Which means sometimes they stumble. Wasn't always easy walking. Transition and instability come along with God's fulfillment of the promise in your life. I know that's not what you want to hear. See, everybody wants to believe that the moment God makes a promise, it's just going to come to pass. That you don't have to go through nothing. That nothing will ever happen. Yes, there are times when God does perform miracles that are quick, fast, and in a hurry, but more times God performs healings that take transition and instability. And you've got to accept that along the journey towards your blessing. The healing will come. Look at somebody now say, neighbor, deliverance is on the way. You didn't say that like you meant it. Look at somebody, tell them deliverance is on the way. Your healing is on the way. Your joy is on the way. Your peace is on the way. Your happiness is on the way. Your victory is on the way. You are going to be blessed. Transition may be there. Instability may be there right now. But you need to remind yourself, weeping may endure for a night. Touch somebody, tell them, but joy. But joy. 
comes in the morning, huh? I got one more, and I'm going to get out the way tonight. I got one more. I'm just, I'm going to stop. I really am. I got one more. I looked at this man. Transition and instability. Never cool to be unstable. I don't know about you, but I like things in order. Um, the reason my wife and I get along so well is because she's a woman of order. I mean order like you wouldn't believe. Uh, my wife, when she was younger, was a bookkeeper at Alden Paula. She couldn't find three cents. I think of something like that. It might be more or less. It's in, into pennies. She wouldn't leave until she found the boss said, "Don't worry, it's three. Don't worry about it." She said, "No, no, no. These books are not right until everything is in order." Y'all missed that. So, so there's something. There's a line. There's a place for everything in her mind. And so I've gotten used to that order. Now I'm not like that. I need that. I need that in my life. Hello? You walk in my office, my office is in order. It looks beautiful right now. But it looks like it looks because it looks like the way she made it look. And I'm just smart enough not to mess it up. I like order. Y'all listening to me? Which means disorder bothers me. Y'all ain't got that yet. Instability bothers me. Not knowing bothers me. I like to see the future. Not just believe for it, I wanna see it. I'm walking down somebody's street right now. You see, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen, which means that if you're really going to walk by faith, you've got to walk where you can't see and you've got to believe what you don't know yet is coming to pass. You've got to deal with the transition and instability of not knowing, but knowing that God is still God. Pamela Mann said, take me to the king. I don't have much to bring. Sometimes you just need to have somebody help take you to the king in the midst of your transition. Okay, last one, last one. This is it, this is it. You must trust implicitly. Implicitly. Now this is important, y'all. I'm sure when they first got up to the doorway and they couldn't get in, what we didn't see on the video were probably some people out there talking about you better get away from here. Have you ever been in line and somebody tried to cut you off? All take all the Holy Ghost you have not to say something. Matter of fact, and some of y'all just didn't have enough Holy Ghost on a couple of days. I was getting on the highway tonight, come to church, and somebody cut me off, 
And I said, the blood of Jesus. I know that's not what you would say, that's what I said. The blood of Jesus. There, there are times when, when folks want to get in and you don't want to let them in. So I'm sure when they first went up to the door, they didn't want to let them in. And then they decided to go around. And I think it's, uh, might have been George Clinton, uh, the grandmaster of funk that said, tear the roof off the, or was that Sly? And the family, the, yeah, one of Y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all are singing it in your mind right now. They start doing some roof rearrangements. And then they decide they're going to lower him down. He can't see where he's going. He, he knows he's elevated. They're lowering him down. Please don't drop me. They bringing him in the room. How will I be received? Let me, let me talk to somebody right now. Somebody going through something right now. I know it's scary when you don't know how you're going to be received and you're in a needy position. I know it's scary when you don't know how people are going to treat you when you're in a needy position. I know it's scary when you don't know what they're going to say to you when you're in a needy position, but I want to tell you something. You can bring your knees to Jesus anytime. Um, Proverbs 3. Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. He says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path trust in the Lord let me, let me tell you something I don't care what people say to you and I don't care how bad your situation is Keep on trusting. If you let him, he'll direct you into places you would not have bought yourself and put you before people you would not have necessarily picked out to be in front of, but he will make those persons bless you. Okay, I'm going to my seat with this one. I've been standing on a word here. I want to talk to somebody right now. Let me talk to somebody. How many of you know God's made promises over your life? Lift up your hands. You know God's made a promise over your life. I want to talk to you right now. Come on, brother. You know God's made a promise over your life. You know God's made a promise. Come on, come on. You know God's made a promise over your life. You know he made a promise. You're wondering if it's ever going to be fulfilled. He told you he's going to save your family. He told you he's going to heal you. He told you you were in his hands. He told you he's going to heal your heart. He told you he's going to heal your mind. He told you your heart, even though it's heavy, is going to be lifted up. He told you the doors that were closed for you are getting ready to open. 
He told you that my hand is upon you. He told you that no one can take you out of his hand. The enemy has tried to lie to you to tell you now is forever. The devil is a liar. You won't always feel like this, baby. You won't always feel like you're feeling right now. You won't always be just with your head down. No, you won't always have to go through. God promised. God promised to heal and deliver. God promised that he would make a way for you. God promised that he would never leave you nor forsake you, but he'd be with you even until the end. And God is not short or slack concerning his promises. God keeps God's word. Numbers 23:19. Numbers 23:19 in the New International Version. In the New International Version, just this one verse, I want to hold it with you. Hold it with me tonight. Hold it with me tonight. Hold this word with me. When God blesses you, can't nobody take it back. No curse from hell. No demonic preacher or teacher. No wicked prophet. Nobody can change the word of God over your life. Preach was. Nobody can change the, look at somebody right now, say neighbor. Nobody can change the word of God over your life. Nobody, 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 nobody. Nobody can change the word of God. The New International Version says, God is not human that he should lie not a human being that he should change his mind look at somebody said neighbor you can't change god's mind about me oh i know god is speaking does he speak and then not act does he promise and not fulfill what god said he's going to do it Look at somebody, tell neighbor, he's doing it for me right now. He's doing it for me right now. He's doing it for me right now. Come on and give God a praise in this place. Come on and give God a praise in this place. Come on, give him a praise. Do it for me, God. Do it for me, God.